Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast, formerly known as We Need to Talk About Movies Podcast. I should probably stop saying that now, I think we've done more episodes of WN than we have We Need, but regardless, I'm Trev, and back with another episode today. Uh, it's a different kind of episode, you can tell by the title of the podcast, there's no point surprising you or building up the intrigue, because you know what it is, it's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, I don't often review brand new films because, you know, I feel that the internet, when a new film comes out, the hype is so big that every YouTuber and podcaster, film reviewer, you know, the internet's saturated with it. And, you know, in the past, I think I leave the current films for every other podcaster and I just look at the classics. But with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, I'm doing this really because I almost didn't watch this because I'd heard such poor things about it. And it's flopped at the box office. I mean, Indy's getting past it. It's another franchise film that's being dragged out longer than it needs to be. And there was a lot of things putting me off. And I listened to one or two podcasts um, that I follow where they really tore the film apart they didn't have a very good time and it almost put me off but then last night Sunday night and I was sort of at a loose end and I thought do you know what I'm gonna go and watch it before it comes off of our local cinema I will go and watch it and it it made me think the whole way through I was reflecting on Indiana Jones in the past and the current state of films and I thought do you know what I am going to do a little podcast about this so that's where I am. That's why I'm here today doing a podcast for Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. So it's a 2023 film directed by James Mangold and written by Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, David Coep and James Mangold. So obviously Spielberg and Lucas both bowed out of this one, which, you know, that was another thing that sort of puts you off the idea of revisiting this if Spielberg and Lucas didn't want anything to do with it then we're probably best avoiding it it was really more of a passion project for uh, Harrison Ford he wanted to get back in the fedora I said it everyone says it uh, and now I've said it too back in the fedora he wanted to get back in the fedora said it again um, one last time to sort of wrap up the Indiana Jones story um, and probably a bit of an ego thing for him as well isn't it probably you know it's a it cemented his career this character cemented his career Harrison Ford became a household name off of the back of this and obviously Star Wars and he almost wasn't Indiana Jones back when it was originally cast it was going to be Tom Selleck uh, I don't know if you knew that that's a little uh, fact you know I love these little uh, tri- bits, tidbits of trivia so uh, yeah, it was going to be Tom Selleck, but he couldn't get out of his contract for Magnum P.I. So they gave it to Harrison Ford. Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford. George Lucas was not convinced. Um, but I've covered all this in the past. Uh, only last week, I shared my original reviews from an old YouTube channel I had. I shared them to my new YouTube channel. That's it. WN Movie Talk Podcast over on YouTube. Please go over and have a look. I'm taking the time to edit a lot of our podcasts down to sort of like 20, 25 minute videos with images, lovely images of the film to accompany them. So I would like you to have a look over there if you haven't already. 
please look over, subscribe. At the moment, there's a few films on there. I've done a couple with my brother Robin, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Clue, couple with Nath. We've done uh, With Nail and I, Uncut Gems is on there, Supergirl and Midsummer has just gone up. But anyway, I shared all in one the original three reviews of uh the Indiana Jones film from a series I was doing all actually about Spielberg. So it's more sort of looking at the Indiana Jones films as part of Spielberg's career, but reviewing them at the same time. I didn't review um, Indiana Jones, the crystal skull, but let's have a talk about this because I hadn't watched Indiana Jones and the crystal skull since it was uh, released when it first came out. I think I remember hearing rubbish reviews of it. I didn't even go to watch it at the cinema. I waited for it to come out on DVD and I watched it and I was not too impressed at the time. I absolutely thought it was awful. I think a lot of it was because of the CGI that they used and it took it into sort of more far-fetched realms. Well, I watched it the other night and my son wanted to watch it. We sort of had a family film night. We watched Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Now, I remember when this came out, I thought Indiana Jones was old then, you know, and that's like nearly 15 years ago now, I think, when it came out. It might even be more than 15 years ago. Yeah, that was 2008, so pretty much 15 years ago. Now, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, had a great cast in there. Uh, you had Harrison Ford and Karen Allen reviving their roles from the past. Um, obviously... Denholm Elliott, who played Marcus, had passed away at that point. Uh, I'm not sure if Sean Connery had passed away, but he certainly didn't return for the film. So they they said that he'd passed away in the movie. Uh, but yeah, Harrison Ford and Karen Allen return, both of the who looking a lot older. Obviously, a lot of time had passed. You know, nearly 20 years had passed since the last crusade. Now, The Crystal Skulls was on revisiting it. I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time round than I can remember enjoying it and I think I was going into it thinking it was going to be so awful I actually came out thinking it was um it was all right the beginning half was a lot better than the second half Kate Blanchett was in there John Hurt you had uh, Jim Broadbent taking over the character of Denholm Elliott um and uh, yeah Kate Blanchett was the was the sort of the Ukrainian villain of the piece but like I said a lot of this film the CG was a bit to be desired it hasn't dated well still now it hasn't dated well and Shia LaBeouf arrives and he turns out to be the son of Indiana Jones and Karen Allen and I'm pretty sure that at the time Shia LaBeouf was quite a big deal he was in he was in nearly everything at this point this is before he'd sort of uh, shat his career down the pan and I'm pretty sure that George Lucas and Spielberg thought if Crystal Skulls was a success the baton would probably be passed on to Shia LaBeouf but when the film got absolutely panned by critics it was dropped like a uh, like a hot turd um or a hot potato um so yeah the film like I didn't mind the alien bit at the end I know a lot of people think it's ridiculous um but Indiana Jones was devised by Lucas originally as a supernatural archaeologist you know, sort of like a James Bond adventure where he goes globetrotting around the world in search of these relics and they've all got magical, mystical powers. So why... The, so the Crystal Skull is being with aliens. I don't mind that big, sort of far-fetched, fantastic ending. It's all part of it for me. 
when they open the Ark of the Covenant and sort of all those spirits come out and destroy everything. That's far-fetched, but no one minds that. The Temple of Doom with all the voodoo and the black magics, all a bit ridiculous. The minecart chase, you know, nothing is really realistic, is it? And then the Last Crusade, uh, they meet the old knight who's like just been sat there for millennium waiting for someone to turn up and choose the right cup and then obviously with that water uses the uh the, the cup of christ to sort of bring his father back from the dead the penitent man will pass the penitent man the penitent man will pass so sort of having aliens at the end of it 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 wasn't out of place for me. I didn't think that was too bad. But what I did think was bad, as I said, some of the CG in there, the overuse of CG. And this is especially Crystal Skulls was especially at a time when Lucas was, I can't remember, had he made the prequels by then? But everything was about CG and it looks awful. There's something really fake about the way that things move, especially all the ants, and the ant sequence when they take down uh, Dovchenko sort of uh, Kate Blanchett's henchman and they drag him into the hole it just all looks a bit fake but even some of the other scenes right when the, the camp scene when they find John Hurt and then they go and escape and then Indy gets in that, that quicksand that sinking sand and uh, Shia LaBeouf's throwing him a snake to pull him out it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek but it all looks incredibly fake you could tell that is in a studio setting there's nothing realistic about that scene so there's a little lots of things like that about the crystal skulls that sort of let me down on this revisit but I didn't actually mind the story I didn't mind some of the jokes Karen Allen even though you know she was probably in her 60s at the time, I suppose, late 50s, 60s. She still had that. She's just got the most beautiful smile. She's my favourite out of all the, the women in the Indiana Jones films. She's my favourite. And she's the one that they keep going back to again. So at the end of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, he marries Marion and Shia LaBeouf is his son and all live happily ever after until the film flopped, as I said, never went anywhere else. Until now, Indy 5. So let me get into it. The opening scene with Indy, de-aged, and he's been captured by the Nazis. And it's set back, sort of back in time, back in the the heyday of Indiana Jones. They've used this de-aging process to make Indiana Jones look younger. I must say, I thought the de-aging process is still a little shimmer of sort of fake AI, CG, you know, to it. But it was, I thought it was a lot more impressive than The Irishman. Scorsese's The Irishman. I didn't think the de-aging process looked very good in that at all. You know, even though they were de-aged, Joe Pesci still looked ancient in that movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Whereas this was all right. Harrison Ford, he looked good. I don't know if he was actually doing the acting or they'd put someone else's acting because you didn't pick up on the fact that he was an old man doing all these action scenes, except for the fact that he's got his old man gravelly voice which didn't seem to match the face but he's been captured with toby jones trying to retrieve a relic from the nazis and the nazis have got this train and it's full of all stolen relics and antiquities uh works of art throughout history hitler's trying to collect them all um as we know we've seen him do this sort of thing in the past in the indiana jones films mr bronson turns up as hitler doesn't he in uh Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Mr. Bronson from Grange Hill. Uh, but Indy's captured. Toby Jones is captured. Toby Jones, if you 
can't picture who he is. Um, he's a great actor. He's in loads of things. Most most famous to me, I for being in the Detectorists, the BBC sitcom written by uh, Gareth from The Office, Mackenzie Crook. It's one of my favourite little sitcoms. It's so sort of down to earth, so peaceful and tranquil. I really enjoyed it. But in this, yeah, Toby Jones, he's got he plays a little English professor. He's not really into the action. He's got a dicky knee. But he gets captured when they capture Indiana Jones and then a rescue mission ensues and they're on this train. It's a great sequence. Again, at this point, I don't know whatever I'm going to enjoy the film or not. I'm sat there watching it. Some of the CG, again, looks a bit dodgy. A shot, a wide angle shot of Indiana Jones hopping across the top of the train looks really cartoony, doesn't move realistically. And I'm thinking, oh, is this going to be like this all the way? This is awful. Uh, But actually a really gripping action sequence. Really good fun. And you soon forget that Harrison Ford is de-aged. You're soon watching it and you're just, you're in the story. Also on this this train is Mad Mickelson, who plays the villain of the piece. And at this point, he's sort of working under the Nazis. Now, I'm not going to talk you through the, uh, the story too much. Uh, I will probably spoil it, but I'll save the spoiling for the end, okay? But yeah, Mad Mickelson is the villain of the piece, Jürgen Voller, German scientist and astrophysicist. When we catch up with the times when Indiana Jones is an old man, obviously in the Crystal Skull, it goes into the 50s and with the the nuclear testing now we're 15 years ahead again it's set in 1969 the year of the moon landing the day of the moon landing actually um and mads mickelson as the the professor the astrophysicist is and former nazi he's sort of changed his persona and he's in america and he's helped to create the rockets that get them into space so he's a bit of a hero and he's working with the CIA to try and find the Dial of Destiny or Archimedes um, Antikythera mechanism. Uh, so Archimedes Dial. So it's a machine he's devised that, that Mads Mikkelsen and Toby Jones certainly believe that is capable of time travel. A lot of the reviews I heard sort of said that this film is dull and indie doesn't do anything and the music is... You know, even though it's John Williams, it's not the same. I didn't find any of this going into it. Whether it was because I went in with the lowest expectations, I actually thought it was a really great film. I thought the characters was good. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, obviously, she's too young to be an in- a love interest for Indiana Jones. Um, and they don't need a love interest. You know, the Marion story is still there. They've obviously had to sort of update it. Because at the end of the last film, it was a happy ending. He had a wife, he had a son. Things have had to move on. Shia LaBeouf has no part in this. So they've had to get him out of the story. You see photos of Karen Allen throughout the film. Indy's still got a a soft spot for her, but they have parted their ways. And he's just this old professor living in this rundown apartment in this built-up area, complaining to his neighbours about the, the music, keeping the music down. He's old, he's grumpy, and it's interesting to see him at this age because, you know, people do get old. Adventurers even get old. We've seen the Young Indiana Jones series. 
not that I've ever, ever watched any of those. Maybe I should dig them out at some point. Um, and then we got, you know, now it's good to see him all those many years later as an older man. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's famous for her one-man show and spin-off TV series, Fleabag, which I've never seen, I'm afraid. I don't watch a lot of telly, to be honest. Um, so I didn't know what to make of her in this at first. I was like, is she going to be any good? Is she going to be annoying? I actually thought her character was really good. She wasn't just a straight-cut sort of female needs rescuing character. She's got her own motives. They completely conflict with Indiana Jones's motives, but they got this connection because she is the son. Oh, no, she isn't. She's the daughter of um, Toby Jones's character, Basil Shaw. She's called Hel- Helena Shaw. She is a, a big, vibrant character. And her and her little sidekick, sort of like a, a nod, I guess, to Short Round from the Temple of Doom, uh, Ethan. Isidore plays uh, Teddy. He's her little sidekick. He's a bit, bit of a pickpocket, bit of a thief. But then uh, they're sort of working together to try and... They're basically selling artifacts. So he's quite he's quite good in that role. He's not uh, not as annoying as Short Round. I think a lot of people will think that I'm being blasphemous when I say that. But I really didn't... To me, Temple of Doom is one of my least favourite Indiana Jones films. It's so annoying. It's quite uh, dark. It's dull. There's a big dull section. There's some good set pieces in it, but short round becomes annoying. Willie is annoying, screaming her head off. This film, to me, I didn't think was half as annoying or dull. I really, really enjoyed it. And I do urge you all to get up, get out, go and have a watch of it. See what you think. It's a shame that it has flopped. It's a shame for Harrison Ford because, like I say, he wanted everyone to see this film. This is the sort of film that you should watch at a cinema. It should be a big family event. And I think people were so put off by it. And people are so put off by all the remakes and the reboots. I know I certainly am. Sequels. It's just ongoing. It's endless. And because of that, I nearly didn't go and watch it. But I'm pretty glad I did watch it. And I think it's a shame that it hasn't done its job. Another part of this is that people know that as soon as it comes off the cinema, it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus within the month, you know? So people are like, well, I'm already paying for Disney Plus. Why would I pay a cinema ticket to watch something that I'm going to watch in a couple of weeks? So there needs to be a change in how it works, else the cinemas are just going to fail and fade into obscurity. So now all the actors and that are striking as well. So that's overpay and over sort of it's more to do with the younger the smaller actors but i mean some of these these hollywood actors you see the sort of money they're earning and it's pushing the budgets of films up into ridiculous sort of areas now i think indiana jones and the dial of destiny in order to make its money it needed to make 750 million dollars back now that's not just the budget that's distribution advertising all that um that it's needed to make uh, and i think it's just sort of made around 300 million in, in its world worldwide run which is a real shame but you know you've got all these big actors in there none of them really work for a budget and it just means that the studios can only make these big films that if they know they're going to get the return back so the films become bigger to get the audiences in but now it's sort of imploding on itself this happened again in the 60s uh, the likes of um, 
you know, the big films, big event films of the 60s, people just got bored of them. And I think the same is happening now. We're seeing all these films flopping um, left, right and centre. Anyway, going back to Indiana Jones. So we we visit uh, John Reese davies as Salah turns up in here. He's uh, hardly used, to be honest. It's it's just a sort of a, a bring him in to revive his role, sort of. I suppose fan service, you'd call it. And he says his old classic lines and nods back to the original films. But he doesn't really have a big part to play in it. And I think I, I saw an interview where he said that he would have liked to do a bit more. And even in the film, he says he'd like to do a bit more. He'd like to go on the mission with Indiana Jones. I mean, all these people now are getting on in age. Karen Allen does a turn up at the end. And when I was watching The Crystal Skulls, I was like, I said she's aged. Uh, it's a shame to see people age, but she still had that prettiness about her. I don't think she had any work done. She seems to have grown gracefully. She still has this most amazing smile. When she comes back in the, the end of this film, it really is like, oh my God, she's like, um, she's aged another 15 years. She's elderly now. It's It makes you think, oh my God, you know. Uh, it quest It made me question how old we're all getting, how quick time leaps on. It doesn't seem like yesterday that I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls. It was two days ago. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So, but it was good to see her back. Um, Antonio Bandaris turns up as well. Now, he's, he's another character who I felt was underused. You meet him, you sort of, his character's not really developed all that he's an old friend of indies we get to know i mean he looks old now he looks you know he used to be like this suave sort of handsome sexy looking guy and now he seems to always play these old scruffy um pirates you know think of spongebob squarepants think of him in that very similar sort of uh character in this um he's good in it he certainly was i did enjoy him in it um mad mickelson as i said he steals the show. Every scene he's in, he's just really great. A great villain. He's got that sort of James Bond villain. You know, he was in Casino Royale as a Bond villain. He's got that sort of that great cinematic villain appeal to him. And, you know, the Indiana Jones series was based on the James Bond series. Spielberg wanted to make a Bond film. Lucas sort of said, well, I've got this Indiana Smith at the time. He was called Archaeologist Adventure Series. So it is based on that. Like I say, globetrotting and things. It's all larger than life. I actually really enjoyed the uh, the henchman of Mads Mikkelsen as well. Boyd Holbrook as Kleber. Voller's right-hand man. Uh, Mad Mikkelsen's character, Voller. It's his right-hand man. And he, he just shoots people left, right and centre. And I think that was a great you know in the indiana jones films in the past there is terror and you feel fearful you know people aren't safe but in this the villains are real villainous they don't care who they kill they kill people left right and center and it it, it makes it really um it sort of cranks up the tension quite a lot um and then the other guy hawk olivia richters now this bloke he almost looked like a CGI character. He was absolutely huge. In these films, you always get the heavy set sort of henchman, like in the old James Bond films as well. You get the, that big henchman that everyone's scared of. And in this one, it's him. And he is huge. And uh, I quite liked how he got his comeuppance as the film goes on. Um, 
So, yeah, overall, I did enjoy the characters. I did enjoy the, the action. And James Mango's directing, it wasn't too bad. It was it was actually really good. Some of the action scenes, it was a little bit hard to see what was going on in certain places. But um, he had this sort of like, a, a, almost like an orange hue across the films that sort of, almost like the sepia tone. I think he has a similar sort of feel to, is it the... What's the film called? The Free Tend to Humour? The Western remake with uh, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale was another James Mangold film. I'd enjoyed that when I watched it. But yeah, I thought it wasn't too bad in the hands of James Mangold, this film. I mean, Harrison Ford is his film, ultimately. He is Indiana Jones. He's getting a little bit past it. There's a few bits where he he sort of makes light of that. Um, But you never once didn't believe that he was sort of good on these adventures there's a good little scene where him and helena and teddy are trying to escape moroccan mobsters and there's like this big tuk tuk chase that was good fun there were some really good set pieces in it um but now i'm gonna i'm gonna get into the spoiler territory um so if you don't want to hear any more you don't want to be spoiled you do fancy watching it get out and watch it before it stops playing at the cinema take your family make it a family event uh so the dial of destiny as i've mentioned it hints at time travel and mads mickelson wants to go back to into the time and he wants to replace hitler basically because hitler lost the war and mads mickelson is a nazi and all the way through it indiana jones keeps calling him referring to him as a nazi and uh everyone else sort of just thinks you, you get the idea that people just think harrison ford's this sort of uh this old man who just got this these strange concepts can't let go of the past sort of thing. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen has changed. He's not that man. You know, he was just working under the, the regime, doing what he had to do to survive. As Harrison Ford always knows that he's an artist. He knows he's never changed. So Mads Mikkelsen wants this dial of destiny because he believes he can go back to time. This is the bit I didn't understand is how they know exactly when they're going dial he's only just had the dial but he's had this massive plan that he's going to go back to this specific time and i think the portal just sort of opens up they have to fly a plane into this fissure in time to go back um so the end sequence the big fantastic ending it is time travel and now i love time travel and uh, so they're going to go back in time into the war into the second world war uh, or just before and he's going to sort of take over hitler uh, kill Hitler and you know become the lead Nazi as think is what his plan is he can see all the mistakes Hitler made and he won't make those mistakes himself and he'll lead the Nazi Germany into victory but when they go back through the fissure in time and then they come through and then they see oh before they do it's already been hinted at what's going to happen because they find Archimedes tomb and on the side of it there's a picture of a phoenix but it's got propellers and they're like, that's strange. And then they look in the tomb and Archimedes is wearing a, whist- a wristwatch. So when they go back into time, they don't go back into Nazi Germany. They go back to, uh, rather than 1939, they arrive at the siege of Syracuse, BC. And it's the Romans, all the old Roman ships invading this island, bombing it from afar. It looks great. And Indiana Jones, obviously, is like, you know, as a historian, he's there looking back at history. I think it's great little ending for this series. You know, he's actually witnessed, you know, what he's been sort of chasing, looking for evidence all this time. 
And then Archimedes, he comes to the the wreckage of these planes. They think they're dragons, but he knows they've come through time. And he comes and he finds Mad Mickelson's wristwatch. And it's just a great little ending. I loved it. I love time travel anyway. Um, I thought it was, you know, it is far-fetched, but it was good fun. Overall, I think Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny has been... It's a shame it's been underrated. I really wish I'd gone to see it sooner. But I also wish that, you know... Like I say, it is released in amongst a lot of this sort of rebooting and remaking. And some work and some don't. I know Top Gun last year done really well. The Creed films, really, they're just uh, sequels to Rocky. They're doing really well. None of which I've seen. I never want to revisit these old films. I always think the thing about nostalgia is we look back fondly at these films. When we try to recreate them, they never really work. In the new Ghostbusters films have not have not worked for me, even though the last one I think was successful. Um, a lot of fans really liked it because it's it does exactly what the first ones do, you know. That to me isn't original. It's just remaking the first films. I don't get it, but yeah. Overall, I did enjoy Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So there you go. That's my ten pence worth. So if you want to watch it. Watch it. Don't be afraid of what the, the, the critics and the box office figures are saying. It is worth having a look just to see the end of the series. It is a shame that Lucas and that didn't get involved in it. But to be honest, Lucas's writing has been horrendous. You know, those prequel trilogy Star Wars are my least favourite in the series. Some of his work is it's ridiculous. A lot of people said that the Dial of Destiny misses Spielberg magic with well, the Spielberg magic sometimes it's too it's too I don't know too sentimental I don't know there's something you know when I watch the Crystal Skulls some of it was really good there's some really great sequences some of it is a bit cheesy and a bit awful I certainly didn't like Ray Whitstone in the Crystal Skull he was awful all the way through it Josie I'm a good guy I'm a bad guy I'm a good guy again I'm a bad guy again it just oh god enough of him uh, John Hurt's character was like, strung out with the fairies and it was all a bit a bit ridiculous and a bit too... It was going too much for the comedy. Whereas this one here, there was enough laughs in it to sort of make it feel like an Indiana Jones film. But it was serious as well. It, some good action set pieces. As I said, the characters were good. They wasn't all straight cut. We're the good guys, you're the bad guys. There was conflict within the good guys as well and conflict within the bad guys. Yeah, it just it really worked really well. And um, yeah, I'd actually... Right, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to rank the films. Raiders of Lost Ark, just classic. It, 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 it set the character in motion. It's a faultless film from beginning to end. Raiders of the Lost Ark, the number one Indiana Jones film for me. Next, I would say The Last Crusade. Just bearing in mind, I haven't watched it for a long time. Um, but I quite liked the father and son sort of storyline. The action was quick paced again. You sort of leapt from set piece to set piece. There was an interesting sort of love triangle with the villains. Again, the villains were the Nazis, so we knew, you know, we know who they are. I'm going to put Dial of Destiny at number three. There we go. I've said it. I think, again, it's the Nazis, isn't it? <laughs> so we know we know not to trust them. We know they are the bad guys. But that's not why I like it. All the reasons I said in this podcast, 
it kept moving it kept being uh you know it was exciting it was funny it was <sighs> sentimental at the end but it wasn't overdone with sentimentality it was slightly nostalgic but it wasn't overdone it wasn't cheesy it didn't pile it on um and then temple of doom i suppose would be the fourth temple of doom to me i always found it dull it's never one that i've enjoyed re-watching as i said there's a few set pieces in it and then crystal skulls probably to me still my least favorite indiana jones film even though it wasn't as bad as i remembered it so there you go that's it i've said it you can agree with me or disagree with me as you like but that was it that was me reviewing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, please do subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening. Please give us a rating. That would be great. Try and help us to get out there. Maybe you can share the odd episode here and there. Also, as I said, we're over on, pot- on YouTube. Search WN Movie Talk Podcast, where I will be editing my pictorial podcasts. Um, as we go I'm going to try and do some other videos as well on there to keep the channel moving so yeah please check that out or if you want to contact us at all with your own opinions of our reviews if you agree with us or disagree with us or if you have any recommendations or you want us to focus on a topic or anything then email us at wnmovietalk at gmail.com that's wnmovietalk at gmail.com anyway enough's enough I'll leave you all. Enjoy your week and I'll see you again soon. Chase.